0: Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books.
1: Why, hello, everyone. If you're in the U.S., I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I'm so grateful that you are here listening to Book Lights. Today is a really special show. Anyone who is a frequent listener knows that I'm always super excited to have debut authors on I can remember when my first book came out, and it's so scary, and you don't have a readership yet, so you don't even know how to find people to read your book, and it can be frustrating and scary, And it, but it's so exciting to hold your first book in your hands, and I love that enthusiasm. So anytime a debut author says, can I come on, I'm always, yes, yes, you can. So today we have debut author Monique Fisher, and in all transparency, I know Monique because we write together in the Word Makers, so I was so excited that her book was coming out and she wanted to come on. I can't wait for you guys to meet her. If you haven't, well, you probably haven't read her book yet because this is her first one, but let me tell you a little bit about Monique and then we'll bring her on. Monique Fisher is a theater and comic book geek who always has her hands glued to the keyboard conjuring up happily ever afters she writes modern fun real-life romances set in cities and small towns featuring a diverse cast of big-hearted lovable characters when she isn't writing she's busy trying to create shelf space for other black authors she lives in los angeles with her husband joe their two boys michael and alexander and their canine babies, Abraham, a.k.a. Hammy, and Maya, a.k.a. Pi. <laughs> you can learn more about her on her website. I did put a link right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can check in with her there and sign up for her newsletter and follow her on social media and check out what's coming because she has more books planned. So without any further delay, are you there, Monique? I'm here. Yay. <laughs> and for for behind the scenes guys, there was all kinds of technical difficulties on my end so I'm just holding my breath that blog talk will hold together through the whole thing and I'm so excited that I can hear Monique. <laughs> I'm excited you can hear me too. <laughs> So you have your first debut novel is out, Where There's Smoke, There's Fire. Do you want to tell everybody about it? Why should they go grab a copy today?
0: Um, if you love romance, but you love romance that's done a little differently, then I think you'll enjoy my book. I think most people uh, would have taken a story over a 15-year time span and then made it into a series. I chose to do it with one book because I thought it would just be an interesting challenge. and it was it was two years in the making. I made a lot of huge changes to the characters and to, you know, not, kind of the setting. And it was, it's been a really amazing journey. And now knowing that the book is out, it came out on the 23rd. And it's, uh, so far, it seems to be getting a really great reception from people. Um, and... You know, I just I checked KDP this morning, close to ten thousand page reads, <laughs> and ah, exciting. I'm like, I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> so it's like, thank you, thank you so much to everybody who bought my book. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's it's insane. <laughs> I just I'm I'm, just, I'm kind of just like taken aback because it's like. Holy, I did not expect that to happen that quickly, but I'm happy. I'm very, very happy that the reception seems to be very well. People seem to be really enjoying it. And um, that was a really long way to say by my book, but um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, well, you I, like, wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to with. ask about the, I wanted to ask about the, you have the little tagline, after the happily ever after, do we get to see them fall in love in this book or is this just after they're together? Oh, no, we see them meet. We see them fall in love.
0: Um, we see that uh, Kara and Aaron meet like one week after her boyfriend, her and her boyfriend broke up in a really spectacularly horrible fashion. <laughs> um, so she's definitely not trying to get into a relationship. So she meets um, Aaron through a young woman named Denise, who also ends up being part of Kara's breakup with Brian turns out um, Brian was tipping out on Kara with Denise and tipping out on Denise with Kara. So that's how they mate. And um, (laughs) they eventually become uh, friends. And through that, Kara meets Denise's cousin, Aaron. And yeah, we see them from 2007 all the way down to 2022. And we see them through the different milestones in their life. Um, them meeting, falling in love, living together, their first child, getting married, um, career changes and family problems. And then I don't want to say, I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, there's a death in the family. And eventually we just see them uh, sitting down, having dinner, um, thinking back on their life, the fact that they've been together for almost 20 years straight. So I thought that would be an interesting idea because I know people would do that in a series and I thought oh, how interesting and how fun and how much you need to do that with one book and to have it to be a standalone book at like that. So yeah, I decided that for my very first time writing a novel, I'd <laughs> written uh, stage plays and um, television writing. I tried to get into television writing at one point. So I mostly – used to, like, the screenplay, um, sort of. Mm-hmm.
1: Just dialogue. Where it's,
0: Yeah, where it's, it's mainly just dialogue, and you just get from one part to another, to another, to another, to another. And, um, yeah, I know that with novels it has to be more fully fleshed out, so that was definitely a challenge for me. Um, I decided to just make it be five years later, and then, you know, later three years later. So it goes... 2007 to 2012 to 2017 to 2020 to 2022. So it hits major points in their life. It doesn't go through, like, the entire thing. And um, it's a romance that's centered around the two of them and their um, fierce commitment to each other. But we also get to meet the supporting characters because this is a family. Uh, Kara's best friend and sister is... Janae, and Janae is one, was one of my favorite characters to write. Uh, Janae is a trans black woman, and she has a community. She has a community of people who care about her and who love her. And the reason why, when I was first writing the book, Janae was going to this woman, but I decided to make her trans because I kept seeing all this stuff on Twitter about all these black trans women being murdered, and... I don't know, something struck me how how, um, we choose not to see the humanity in each other. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I'm not one, you know, video games will corrupt your children, so will rap music, because I grew up around that era when people were saying that. (laughs) Right. I'm not one for for censorship. Uh, However, I do believe that media does have a really huge influence in how we see each other. Yes. So I wanted to present a trans woman who is highly intelligent, a math geek, a sci-fi geek, (laughs) and she gets her own little happily ever after, too.
1: Oh, I love Uh, that. I I was going to ask you, what's the inspiration for the book? I mean, you you have a full-time job and two little kids, and what made you suddenly go, oh, my gosh, I have to write this book?
0: I wrote it, first started writing it in 2020, and what happened in 2020,
1: Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic <laughs> stuff?
0: <laughs> yeah. So that we're still in, and everybody wants to have time or not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, yeah, I was working from home a lot, and I realized, oh, I actually do have like, quite some time on my hands because I'm at home. I'm not commuting to downtown LA I'm not coming right home. and I don't really know exactly where the idea struck me but I thought epic love story and for some reason maybe this is just me but whenever I think epic love story I tend to think historical so I thought right like story. thorn birds yeah. <laughs> And I, see, I got that reference. That's how old I am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I know. I exposed my age there. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, I wanted it to be a modern one, and I wanted it to feature, obviously, black people. A modern epic love story featuring black people. And I thought, okay, that would be really fun. just see them as they meet, as they fall in love you know, as they hit each and every single change that helps us grow as individuals and if we're in a couple, as a couple as well. Um, A lot of it, to be perfectly honest, came from my own um, relationship. I've been with my husband for 11 years and we've been married for seven. And we have two kids together. So we haven't been together as long as Karen and Erin. But uh, a lot of what happens in the book is stuff that I kind of took from my own uh, marriage. I'm not going to say what, because that's personal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do understand, you know, um, when we look back on our life, we tend to see it in, you know, these moments when we first met, when we fell in love, when um, I went through pain, when you went through pain and I was there for you and you were there for me, when we had our first child, Mm -hmm. when, you know, the, the stuff like that. I we actually had a milestone this morning. Uh, my youngest is four, going on five, and he had his first day of school today. And oh. it just
1: happened.
0: He's sharing a classroom with his brother. So we were there taking pictures, and we had to we had to make sure to sneak out because Mikey, that's my oldest, he's just turned seven, and Alexander's my youngest. He'll be five in uh, January. Alexander would have freaked out if he's seen us. Sneak out, <laughs> but
1: Mikey.
0: Mikey is, Mikey's been in school for like two years. He doesn't he care. He's a pro. He's, no, yeah. I, he's been, no, he's been in school. Oh my god, he's been in school for like maybe three years now. So yeah, he definitely. He was like, I'm. I'm not new to this. So you guys can go ahead and leave. I don't know why you're still here.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, right. you
0: know, Alexander would have been like, Where did they go? What's What's happening? So yeah, it was. Um, I didn't get as choked up as I thought I would get, but. Um, it was just so crazy because i just was thinking you know i remember giving birth to you
1: <laughs> right remember, and
0: now you're in school i know i remember holding you skin on skin when like the doctor gave you to me it's it's so weird now that he's like sitting at a little table with his name on it <laughs> and in a classroom with a bunch of other kids cuz he's been in daycare since birth but um just it's different seeing it in like a whole mm-hmm. other setting it's kind of like oh, mm-hmm.
1: crap, kind yeah of where of he's pictures. like his <laughs> own person his own person yeah. making friends and things he has such a
0: big personality he's the one that whenever he's sitting in my lap and he's always squirming and you always call him tiny human that's him that's, him. that's usually him <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reason why my husband my husband's name is joe by the way um he's going to be the reason why the emergency room is going to know me and Joe by name. <laughs> like, okay, what house going <laughs> do now? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, this kid, we had to start stacking stuff like cereal boxes and stuff on top of our refrigerator. Because when he was two years old, he would climb the refrigerator. He would lift himself up, climb the refrigerator using the handle, and then sit on top of the fridge. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, yeah, he has, like, insane upper body strength. I don't know how. <laughs>
1: it
0: was, it, it's, it's crazy. But my husband told one of his coworkers, no, my son can climb up to the top of their finger using just the handle. And then his coworkers was just, oh, can we, are we allowed to cuss on here? <laughs> Have I cussed already? I don't even know. <laughs>
1: uh, <it's>, well... <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask about your – our listeners are always really interested in your writing journey and how you, you know, became a writer, and it sounds like you have an interesting journey because you sort of started writing plays first, so, you know, what, what did it look like for you getting to become a novelist? Well, I've been writing ever since I was 10.
0: I tried, like, everything. Um, When I was in college, I went to a junior college and I took a short story writing class, I took a screenwriting class, but I just didn't really have like the, I guess the itch for it. So when I transferred, I transferred from um, El Camino in Torrance, California to Cal State LA, uh, obviously in Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. uh, I had an amazing playwriting teacher by the name of Jose Cruz Gonzalez. And I wrote my very first one act, which was a parody of black exploitation movies called the mighty adventures of John Sledge. And because I'm a complete and utter control freak, I decided I was going to direct it too. So
1: I directed it for like a student
0: play showcase wow. show. Wow.
1: You got to see your words up there with people. How amazing. Yeah. That never gets old by the way. That, um, I bet it's, crazy.
0: it's it's crazy hearing other people say yours.
1: <laughs> right? Amazing. How cool? That's like audiobooks. It's very cool. And
0: I'm like, I am so excited to get to that part because first, I'm obviously the ebook is out right now. I want the paperback to come out early next year, and I am going to look into doing the audiobook because I'm a stage director. I can direct. So that's going to be fun. And I live in Los Angeles. There's plenty of actors out here. So all I'd really have to do is just rent a studio and then figure out the financial situation with that. Right, right. And then I'd be be good to go. But, yeah, uh, playwriting. And then I just started directing. and I I directed one-woman shows uh, for my friends. I participated in a 24-hour theater festival where – is written it's cast it's directed and it goes on within a twenty four hour cycle um wow i also uh we also let's see um, i've directed uh one acts for friends uh, also i about it but yeah um one woman shows one acts and a 24-hour play cycle those are some of the things that I've done I haven't really directed anything since 2013 because at that point I decided that I wanted to try my hand at screenwriting again except not for movies for television so uh, amazing to like I said it's amazing to live in LA because there's so many resources out here so I am taking television writing classes with this company called Script Anatomy, or it's ran by these two lovely women named Banya Bhattachalia, and they are television writers. They're not uh, retired television writers. They are in the business. They are in the thick of it, and they teach people who want to become television writers about the business while also teaching them about how to become a stronger writer and finding their voice. And it was in those classes that I actually met my good friend, Natasha. Natasha and I are writing partners, and she also happens to be a television writer. She writes for a show that's on Hulu right now. And oh, she which show? Also... Oh, my God. I forgot the name of it. I think it's because of the P. I'm so sorry, Natasha. <laughs>
1: it'll come, it'll come <laughs> back to you later. <laughs> yeah, it'll come to me.
0: Uh Hulu P, and then see what happens. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm Googling it right now. <laughs>
1: But yeah,
0: she um, oh, she also wrote for a show on Netflix called um, Virgin River, uh, season four, episode oh, five. Oh, Virgin River. It. Yeah, season four, episode five. She wrote that. Anyway, um, she and I are writing partners, and we helped co-found an organization called the BSCC. It's It's uh, me, her, our friend Allison, our friend Bree. And it's a group of black women writers and artists from across the country in Canada. And we decided that we were going to do a comic book anthology that we will. The main character is a black woman in each story, and she has some sort of superpower. So uh, me and Natasha, we wrote a a superhero team because I'm a gigantic comic book nerd. So I love that. and because I'm the gigantic comic book nerd thanks to my two older brothers, uh, she's not as big a comic book nerd, so she kind of, like, relies on me for stuff. Like, okay, like, who's, like, name an artist. Name an artist that I can look up. Um, okay, Neil Adams, look him up. Or right, name a writer who you think, whose work you think um, best kind of be can be comparable to ours. Um, okay, look up Brian K. Vaughn. Look up Tom King, you know. Um, not that I'm comparing myself to them because those two are just freaking amazing. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we are we try to be as <laughs> close to, you know, the big, you know, um, well-known and highly respected comic book writers because that's exactly what we're aiming for as well. So having written so, for television and having written comic books, I don't know how, but I just started reading romance novels, and I never really read romance novels before. I mostly read stuff like Terry M- fiction and Eric Jerome Dickey. And I took a detour and started reading John- Janet Ivanovich's Stephanie Plum books before I started mm-hmm. back into black fiction and reading Zane. So I don't know how, but I stumbled upon uh, a book by Farrah Rashawn. And I started yeah. reading her.
1: And I love mm-hmm. her. She's, amazing. <laughs> She's so fantastic, right? Yeah. I love her. <laughs> and then from there, I
0: started reading Cacillo Rivera. And then from there, I started reading me and Social. Then from there, I started reading Olivia Dade. And then I started following people and interacting with people and talking to people. And I fell in love with the genre and I kept reading all these books. My, uh, God, my Kindle is just filled with so many romance <laughs> novels right now. And I, I always have been like a hopeless romantic, and I always had like some sort of like romance aspect into a lot of the stuff that I wrote. Right. So I went ahead and I decided to write a romance novel, and coming up with the idea, I stumbled upon, you know, epic romance modern day, a black couple um, going from meeting, falling in love, all the different milestones, like I said, all the way to present day. And what's funny is that it didn't even occur to me really to make it into a series. And then I remember somebody actually asking me why I didn't do it. And I just thought, I just felt it would be better and more interesting as one book. And like I said, it's not a series, it's a standalone. So I wanted to pack in as I could with each um, different era in their lives. And, yeah, that's just kind of how I got to this point. So <laughs> that was just like from El Camino all the way down to present day. That's kind of like how things came about. Um, I really do that's- love writing. It's funny because some people say I don't love writing. I love having written. I love both. So being able to do oh, this I and feel being the same yeah, being able to talk with you about it, this has been really amazing. So thank.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love I love the surprises that come when you're writing. Which kind of dovetails into I don't know if you're a plotter or a panther, but what were some big surprises that happened in the book when you were writing it? And you thought, wait, what's happening? Were there any surprises for you that you know you enjoyed? Yeah. Um... The
0: surprises actually kind of came after, like, throughout the process. Like, when I had – shout out to Mika James. She was my beta reader. (laughs) She's uh, epic, too. She is. Um, So, Mika and I spoke after she sent me her note, and she had some uh, insight and some amazing ideas about some of the characters, and I definitely utilized everything that she said. And Mm -hmm. one of the other people that I reached out to and who is also incredibly amazing, and I thank her so much for her time, is Giselle James. Giselle is a black trans woman who is a poet. And um, shout out to Lucy Eden, because she uh, set me up with a website to find potential sensitivity readers, and that's how Mm -hmm. I got Giselle and Giselle was my sensitivity reader and uh after she read it, after um I had revised it after getting um Mika's notes, she read it, and she gave me a lot of notes, and we met, and we spoke for two hours and wow. she says, this is what I'm thinking this is what i this is what I think you're trying to trying to do and she was very patient and very kind and i she was also very excited that I was open to so I'm like, of course. Um, not every suggestion made it in but for the most part every single thing that she do, I went ahead and I did. There was one scene that I decided to keep it as is. It's the scene where Kara and Aaron go to see their son's teacher. I decided to keep that one as is because um, adding um, Janae to that scene it would have well it would have been funnier and I just felt like that scene right there perfect with just the parents because their son AJ ends up sharing some very very personal information um, about them <laughs> in class, and <laughs> so they have to go see the teacher to find out what happened. Oh no! And I thought, oh no! no. I, this, I, I like this scene. I like this scene. Janae would have added some extra flavor to it. It would have been funnier. But I liked how it is. <laughs> but for the most part, every single thing that Giselle suggested, I was like, Oh, I love that. I think that's perfect. I love it. She. It was her idea to make Janae a Virgo. So at one point uh, in the book, Janae's wearing a T-shirt that in sparkly letters says Virgo. So,
1: yeah. that
0: Those are some of the really amazing surprises is when you um, give your work to somebody to, to critique and tell you um, what needs to make it stronger and what can make it better. Like the surprises that like, oh, wow, why didn't I think of that? Oh, that's, that's a great right. idea. I, I love this. I love revisions and whenever I tell people that they're like why <laughs> and I'll, I'll say you know what it's because of the theater geek in me
1: To I me, it
0: is yeah revisions are rehearsals and when you're right. out, that's opening night and right. the idea of that makes me so excited I rehearsals because I was get to hang out with my friends along with um, putting art on stage and I love doing revisions because you're just making the book better So anybody who's
1: listening who hates
0: revisions, just think of it that way. You're just making your book better.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Well, and I was thinking, too, when you were saying that that collaboration, working together really speaks to your TV writing and that kind of thing because they have a writer's room. Nobody writes a a TV script alone. You know, it's always a collaboration, bouncing ideas off each other, and it sounds like that carried over for your novel. Yeah, I'm huge on collaborating with people that,
0: even before television writing, just in theater, as a director, you the actors in the play you're directing are going to have thoughts about their characters, and they need to be able to share those thoughts with you and feel comfortable sharing those thoughts with you. So whenever an actor would come up to me and say, you know, I feel like my character would probably do this, what do you think? And I would doing it both ways and then see which way is strongest and then usually mm-hmm. their way would be right. group would be right and I would say, you know what? That's perfect. Let's do, do let's do that. So yeah, I nobody does anything alone. <laughs> um that's kinda like not really like a mantra, but it's something that I definitely think about. Nobody does anything alone and never mm-hmm. be embarrassed to ask for help because that's what, what people are for. <laughs> you know, find right.
1: helpers, like Mr. Rogers said.
0: <laughs> so, yeah,
1: Mr. Rogers me, wouldn't lead you wrong. Exactly. So
0: to me, <laughs> finding uh, collaborators and uh, who are like-minded, who want the same thing that you want. I want your book to be good, which is why I'm telling you this is what I think um, we need to do with Janae's character. I want your book to be good, so this is what I think you need to perhaps, um, you know, age up the characters or add a scene where this happens or add a scene where something happens with, um, you know, Evelyn and Kara. That's um, Evelyn, by the way, is Kara's mother. So, you know, I take in everything that people say, and I take um, notes because even though I'm the one whose name is on the cover, I'm the one who sat down here and typed this and thought of the idea without the people who I reached out to to help me, this book wouldn't have even happened because there's absolutely yeah, no it way. Really I
1: would have released it,
0: there's no way I would have released it in the shape it was in, um, even just a few months ago. Uh, just like these past few months uh, from about August to about November, working side by side with people, sure that I'm able to tell the strongest story possible that it's taught me a lot. I'm going to give myself a lot more time. <laughs> yes, yes. For the next book. It, it does take time. And, and, and the good news is the next book lasts the span of a year, so I'm not going to have to, like, put 15 years into one book. <laughs> so I'll be able to Yay. take my time a lot more. And it's going to be a wrong time, by the way. So um, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be in my per <laughs> minute. So this is going to be the book one of a trilogy that introduces my overall rom-com universe because I have my own little version of the MCU going but with romance books and with rom-coms in (laughs) particular where it's all in the same, it's all in universe. (laughs) So yeah, that's going to be my next thing.
1: Ah, so fun. Well, I can't believe we're out of time. Dang it. But everybody who's listening, please run out and grab a copy of Where There Is Smoke, There Is Fire, Monique's debut book, but it won't be her last. And thanks so much for being here, Monique. It was so fun to chat with you. I know. Thank you. I know I went on a few tangents,
0: but I'm really sorry. (laughs)
1: Nah, don't. That's that's what we love on this show. We want to get in the heads of writers. So thanks so much for sharing, and good luck. I can't I wait to read the book. Thank you so much, Lisa.
0: Thank you for your support. Thanks you for later. joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.